Hey, welcome to the Tradies Success Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, we'd love to help you start, scale, or automate your tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to $1 million plus months, and would love to be able to help you too. So click the link in the show notes if you're interested in getting some support and joining an epic community of legends in the academy. We'd also appreciate if you're loving the podcast to leave a review. It helps us reach more people and help more tradies like you run successful businesses. All right, let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome to the Tradies Success Podcast. I'm Greg Allen, this is Kirk Neal, and today we had Max Tuff come into the office and ask us, how do we save? How do we save when we keep making more money? And, you know, I think it's a matter of mixing saving and earning, and that's exactly what we're gonna to cover today. Yeah, look, a dollar saved is uh, a dollar made. So what's easier? Is it easier to save a dollar or is it easier to make a dollar? Because it's all the same dollar at the end of the day. We're gonna focus on how do you make 500,000 of them Yeah, in a year. So you had, this morning you had a call with a um, strategy call with one of our guys. Yeah, um, and we were looking at what, and a question that's not asked enough is most people start a business for two reasons, money and time. Mm. And quite often, no one sits and actually works out how much of either of those they're actually aiming for. Yeah. Which makes it really difficult uh, to help scale a pathway to that success point when they don't even know. Mm. And another thing on that, like it's a, the eternal quest for more can be debilitating. Yeah. Oh, I just need more. I just need more. I just need more without actually going, I need this much or I want that. Yeah. And now I work back and I know that I'm on the right path to get there. Yeah. I think it's so important that people have a goal, you know, at least a figure in mind. And when you have a figure in mind and you listen right now, you might be going, yeah, when I did have a goal or I needed to save for a home loan or I needed to, you know, get disciplined and do something, I actually made it happen. And not only do you make it happen and you do get disciplined and you're more aware of what you're spending and how much you're making, but you also have a, 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 opportunity to celebrate once you've hit that milestone exactly if there's yeah. part of this eternal quest for more when do you stop to go hey actually i'm doing all right here yeah yeah or like i've made it or i've i'm successful and so many people just get their head down and in, in the grind more 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 mm-hmm. more without knowing where they're what they're aiming for yeah i've definitely been in that trap where you're, you're just so head down trying to get the work done stressed always just waking up straight into it, checking emails, doing your invoices, following up, getting out to the tools, you know, every single day, cycle in, cycle out. And, um, you know, and when you do make a bit more money, if you're not aware, you can spend money that's not even yours, you know, like liability accounts. Yeah. So they're things like GST, pays you go withholdings tax, superannuation. And a lot of the time, a lot of people, they look at their P&L, a lot of people don't, but when they do look at it, that's, they see profit. It's like, great, we've got profit. We've got money in the bank. Therefore, this is great. Let's spend some money yeah. <laughs> and because it feels good because it's a dopamine hit and you fucking work for it, eh? Like, you're like, yeah, I deserve this. I've worked so hard. I'm Thank God I've got money in the bank. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. then a month goes past after you spent that money and it's like the accountant goes, yep, you've just got to pay, you know, $50,000 of GST and... <laughs> You've got this bill and you got that. So um, you, you've got 28 days to pay it. And then you're like, what? <laughs> That's so crushing. Yeah. Hey, like, and the other thing is like, 
it's one thing to look at a profit and loss, but if you haven't got the data in there right, you're just looking at something yeah. that's not even accurate. So there's so many different components that go into that. You might think you're on top of your finances because you look at your profit and loss, but if your data's wrong, you're just looking at something that's irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. And you might be really good at tracking your data, but if you're not looking at it, then it doesn't help you at all. Yeah. One of the big things that, you know, Arena, our accounting coach at the academy does, like for our peak performers, as soon as you get into our peak performers level, where our accountant goes over and coaches you and sets up your accounts to make sure that it's absolutely lined up. Because what you're saying, a lot of people do have, you know, liability accounts and money going out and sitting in, in the ether, you know, and they don't check it and it looks deceptive. Yeah. You know, your uh, income and your expenses and your cost of sales are all in different months and it throws everything out. And you might be feeling this if you're like, why some months I have these epic profit months and then other months I'm like epic losses. And I work just as hard in both those yeah. months. Like it's not like, oh yeah, I, I didn't work hard that month. That's why I didn't make any money. For yeah. you, effort and energy is consistent, but yeah. the result is so different. Yeah. Yeah. And then, she, you know, she lines it all up, makes sure everything's on point, And now you can actually, you know, put some things in place to actually move forward and make sure you always got enough money for the taxes. You've always got enough money to pay the, the staff. And also, you're more aware now, so you're not making those huge expenditures, uh, pulling money out, investing in things that are outside of the business when you actually need that money in the business to make this 500000 that we're going to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that I like to highlight, especially for the new guys into business, is everyone's like acutely aware of the failure rate of new businesses. Yeah, it's, it's hard, yeah. it's real hard. And in almost all of those cases of failed new businesses, fundamentally finance has been flawed mm -hmm. you don't wrap up your business because you've made too much money yeah yeah so uh, money is a great band-aid it fills a lot of cracks so you fundamentally if you neglect this and it's so common in the trades because we get good at delivering our service we get good mm -hmm. at our skill set so we just lean into that space that we're comfortable in yeah you know, we're not taught how to manage money well no yeah so then it's something that we're not good at and we're unsure of so we just keep working yeah. I'll just keep doing what I'm good at. Surely if I keep working as hard as I am, one day I'm going to be it's free. Just, it's just going to load up in my bank somehow, yeah? yeah. Something like that, yeah? But yeah. without proper financial management, you leave yourself vulnerable there. Like the failure rate is directly linked to financial management. And that, you know, once you understand that, you can set your rates right, you can charge right, you can protect yourself from business failure. Mm -hmm. yeah? So if there's one thing you want to focus on when you start your business is understanding your finances, understanding your costings, understanding where you need to price in order to be successful because the failure rate is paved with a road full of people who got their finances wrong. Yep. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's super critical and most people shy away from it or neglect it because it's not a strong suit. It's not natural for them. Yeah. And it's just crazy how many people just sit in the limbo. Like the limbo is money goes up, money. nearly hit bottom. <laughs> money goes up, nearly hit bottom. Money goes up, nearly hit bottom with no change, yeah. right? And it's because I get it. Like I was there too. And when you're so busy, you, you just can't think of anything else but just to keep working and work harder. Like that's what we're taught, right? Yeah. Just work harder, work harder. We'll get it. Push harder. Yeah. Take some steroids. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, it's like we've got to break free of that by understanding finances. And once we do then we can start to put a plan in place. And also, you know, we talk about the big, hairy, ambitious goal, the BHAG. Yeah. 
Um, and the BHAG is really important. Something like this gives us purpose and gives us a framework to follow to move towards something. Yeah, that's yeah. what's effectively you're creating your own success criteria here. Like, yeah. you know, like once you've once you've achieved what you need to achieve to create that, in this case, half a million dollars, and half a million dollars might create financial flexibility and financial freedom for you. Mm-hmm. So if you know, if you were to make that per year, would that erase all of the financial stresses and pressures in your life? Perhaps yes, perhaps no. Everyone's response to that question is going to be unique and very yeah. different. But what I also see a lot, especially with the new guys that come into our program, is they drastically underestimate the wealth generation machine that they are sitting on yeah. with a business. Yeah, um, absolutely. And they just they undersell themselves on this number. They really do. And they just don't see how it's possible. And hopefully today we can just scribble some stuff on the iPad and show you how making half a million dollars a year is not as hard as you, what you might think. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's take uh, this goal of, of half a million dollars. Um, let's run some some you know basic numbers through here. Um, we'll need a calculator though. Yeah, let me so pull one up. If Greg can grab the calculator, what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to look at what what a resource within your business could generate. Okay, now, so every industry is going to be slightly different here. And that's going to, what this is going to do is help sort of guide us into how big a team are you going to be requiring to facilitate this financial goal? Yeah. Because as a sole trader, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what's he going to say here? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, as a sole trader, Please, if you are, let me know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's gonna be something super specialized, and yeah, pretty much not spending any money. Difficult to do. So we want to leverage the scaling effect of staff, which is why business is such a powerful wealth generating machine. It is all on leverage of staff and how much you can utilize someone else to generate your revenue. Yeah. So if we look at what we might be able to take as a revenue figure, for example, let's just take thirty thousand dollars per resource. Now, if your industry is different, yeah, then you know maybe you could only generate $20,000, okay? Now, if we look at, uh, let's just take a 30%, Greg, 30%, at 30% business profit or net profit. $9,000. We're gonna be $9,000 profit per month per person or per resource. Okay, so if we're looking at 500,000, let's go 9,000, Times 12, Greg, what do we get there? 108,000. $108,000 is what you'll be looking to generate per resource for the year. Now, let's just say we pay ourselves $100,000 as a wage. We're looking to top that up with $400,000 worth of net profit. So based off this, if we had four resources, by four, 108,000 by four is gonna give us 432,000. 432,000 in net profit of four resources at 30% net profit. We start to look at making or have the ability to draw 5,500, 532,000 yeah? 532, out of the business as an income. Yeah. Now, would you take every cent out of the business? Probably not. No. Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to factor in a few little things here. So what you would then look at doing 
is considering a couple of different things. Two primary things that I, I think every business needs to look at, and that is a reinvestment back into your business. So how much of that, you know, that net profit are you going to put back into growing your system, your, your team, your structure to enable you to make more in the yeah. future? Yeah. And then also another really good uh, tool or technique is to retain some profits within the business as a security buffer should you have, you know, a bad month, a bad quarter, a bad, you know, patch in business, which, you know, is almost inevitable. Yeah, Everyone goes through tough periods. So in order to weather those storms, like you look at some of the, the really successful businesses that have, um, have been around a very long time, they've all weathered different circumstances. And it's because they put themselves financially into a position where they can do that. Yeah. If you're running super lean and there's nothing left and then you hit a rough patch, there's very few options that, and levers you can pull in your favor there. So retaining some profits there would be super handy. So we would look to set up a percentage of what that is retaining profits and then reinvestment back into the business. Yeah. And you can see like that was with four resources, 30,000 to 30%. Maybe 30% net profits a bit ambitious. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think most people can get there with the right system and structure. But let's just, if you were to play it more conservatively, you could work those same numbers out around a 20% figure. You're going to need an extra resource or two in yeah. order to facilitate those numbers. And then you would take away those reinvestment components back into the business and that profit retention. Remembering that retained profits isn't an expense. It's effectively a delayed payment to yourself. Mm -hmm. you know, the money's still there. Yeah. yeah. It's not like it's it's lost or wasted or used in any way. It's just sitting there as a as a deliberate safety blanket. Yeah. I like to, in my account, set up my wages in there. I bring it down to non-operational expenses now because I'm not, I'm not a part of the operation itself. So I can bring that down. If I was on the tools, I was still bringing in an income as a tradesman, I'd put it up into cost of sales. If I was uh, in an, a management 100% of the time role, I'd be having it in my operational yes. expenses, yeah. but at least it's all in there. And then anything else in terms of net profit after all of those, when your accounts are set up right, I like to look at that as great. That's the income you know, that I've made. It doesn't mean I want to take it all out now as a result, yeah. but it's good to see that as a business owner. And we look at, you know, when you're looking at profit, I, I add that my wages, my superannuation to that to bottom figure, figure yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. And that's what I make my percentage off of in terms of net profit, yeah. taking me as the director out of it. Yeah. yeah. So what you, what you can do there as well is it gives you control. You don't have to take all of it and I would encourage you not to take all of it. Yeah, uh -huh. because you're going to need some flexibility. And one of the biggest stall points in growing and scaling a business is capital. Yeah. yeah is available cash. So. Yeah. As good as it is to rack up some nice profitable months one after the other, there has to be some discipline around how we actually manage that yeah. that position so that we don't, you know, drain it on a whim or, or go out and put ourselves into a position where, you know, should we hit a rough patch, we're vulnerable. So we want to make sure that we're we're managing our money really, really well. Yeah. And I think coming back to my point, like I pay myself wages, a weekly wage, it comes out every single week. That protects your lifestyle. Yeah. Exactly, right? So I've worked on my personal expenses with my, my family. I know exactly how much I've got to pay. And as a result, now I make sure that that comes out on automated you know, payments every single week. And everything else is, I try, if I take extra cash out of the bank, out of the company account, I make sure that's still in my P&L as a separate account where I can see extra expenditure because I don't want that hiding. 
in liabilities yeah, or, or assets or, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Because if that's hiding across there, I think we're still doing good when maybe we're not. And that's where you get stuck and, and you know, you get hit with a, what the hell, where's all the cash? How am I going to pay for this situation with wholesalers and whatever? And I think that, you know, starting with you as a business owner and tri- right, really trying to figure out what is the least I can live on and really sticking to that for a while yeah. so that you can do what you're saying. Keep the retained profits in to hire staff. Yeah. Because if you can hire tradesmen and leverage your capacity of earnings, this is where that goes up yeah. and you're able to make this almost autonomously yeah. when you have a management team and stuff like that. Exactly. But yeah. what do we see? We see so many people trying to live the high life as a sole trader or yeah, one or two trading. Yeah, off the tools. Like I don't work on the tools anymore way yeah. too early. Yeah. Handicapping the financial position of the business yeah. and limiting their ability to reinvest because it's just not there. Yeah. And therefore you can't, capitalize on opportunities that come in the future and really push to making that that actual target yeah. because they get off the gas like too early mm-hmm. and they sort of sit, they're not there yet, yeah. but they're not at the start either. They're sort of just in this like middle ground where it's like, now I'm just grinding. Yeah. And I keep grinding for the same thing. Yeah. There's no real pathway forward unless they make a change to you know, the way they're structuring. Yeah. And I think it, it, a lot of the time we see owners taking way too much money out and there might be pressure from family, like, hey, I just want to pay down a home loan. I just want to get a new renovation. I want to get a new car. And these sort of things, actually, when you take that money out of the company, if you just left it there, you could, and for a year, and you and you hired two or three tradesmen, we see the scaling effect. Yeah. Hundreds, you know, 100, 200% growth in a year. And people get all caught up about, you know, I got 11% on my shares this year. <laughs> Your company, you've got... Full control over it. Yeah. So the better you play your company cards, the faster you grow. And when you compound that 100% on 100% on 100%. Year on year on year. Like you if like you get to a position, like this is not an overly ambitious position for staff at 30%. Uh, and you're able to produce that year on year on year on year. The yeah. financial flexibility and freedom that it gives you yeah. gives you the opportunity to, yeah, really diversify, really look at where you're making the biggest gains. And, the guys that do this, they know where the biggest gain is. Yeah, it's not paying in their paying down their home loan. No. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it's all about reinvesting and looking for the opportunity where they can make massive returns on that in, on yeah. That investment. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think one other thing that you you brought up there is how you pay wages for you know as a director you you know pay a wage, and that's really important. Should you need to f- start to phase parts of your role? out or, or give those or hand those off to other people because exactly yeah the if you're paying yourself you know um either too much or too little in that space let's just say we're doing 60 hours a week and we're paying ourselves next to nothing yeah and then we're at capacity so we need someone to come in and take something off our plate mm-hmm. we can't pay them what we're paying ourselves mm. Because that's you'll never hire anyone yeah. for, for you know three dollars fifty an hour, which yeah. is effectively what you're working for your business. For. Yeah. So I think it's a real pathway, and it's important to understand the progression there, where you start a business and there's sacrifice, definitely sacrifice. Understand. But then once you get into that operating um, profit space, you need to start. The business needs to start paying you as a resource. Um, Thank you for the role that you're working. For the role that you're working yeah. in, yeah. So that if you're on the tools, you know, if you're doing day in, day out, then you're paid accordingly as a, as another tradesperson would be to cover that role. Yeah. So that when you need to transition 
into a different role or something like that, that the, the wage component associated to you and the role and responsibility that you have within the business is comparable to what we'll find in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's even with your wage being taken out, if you're clever about your budgeting, you can actually keep a separate um, you know, account in an offset account against your home loan, for instance, yeah. which is actually still company money because you've got a separate budget that comes out of you know, a hub account or whatever yeah. whatever principles you're following. You might use um, you know, Barefoot or Profit First or one of those. So if you've got good structure around that, you've also got another cash backup in your personal account offsetting against your home loan. But also, I think it's really important what you said around work up to paying yourself into that role. So if you're looking, if you're in a position now, you might have five tradies and you're looking to put an ops manager on, build your wage up to so that you've got the ops role, ops roles wage that you're going to hire for. And then if you're running that for one or two or three months, then you look at your net profit. You build the profitability in at you that say, level. Can yeah. I live off the profit that's here? Yeah. Yes, I can. Let's hire an ops manager or part time it. Yeah. And boom, you're in. And you've got someone taking over all of that responsibility and you can continue to grow the business. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just so hard to remove you from that from the mechanics because the business is getting such a good deal yeah. at a reduced rate because you put massive hours in and you don't pay yourself accordingly for what you could be replaced in at the market value. Yeah. Yeah, so I think when we think very basically, to save $500,000 is really hard. Like, <laughs> I'd find that hard. Yeah. What I find much easier is to look at what, what do I need this for and work backwards to, all right, how do I grow the business so that it's generating this in 12, 24 months on top of my wages so I can continue to live my life, but we've got this excess money and continue to grow at the rate I want to grow. And I think when people, like we, we help people in our Peak Formers program do this Map day out this day exact out. pathway. Yeah. yeah. So we've got to find out where the destination is and we work out the mechanics on how to actually create a pathway that gets us into that zone. Yeah. And without that pathway, what you're doing is just literally trying to learn by mistake. Grinding. And it takes decades yeah. like to save that amount of money when you're not putting the systems in place to actually generate this when you're not optimizing your pricing, when you're not understanding your profit and loss, when you're not understanding how to convert more work, lost leads, you know, um, you know, proper pricing and projects and efficiency and all those sort of things, that's when this you just keep going zigzagging. Yeah. So, so there's heaps of different ways and different levers you can pull as well because we looked at a, a particular scenario there at thirty percent, but you know, if you were to increase the efficiency of your team, for example, mm. and create thirty five percent profit margin, then that reduces the number of resources that we need. Yeah. Or is there other ways in which we can really play with those, with the, the different components within your business to get to the same result? Yeah, of course there is, depending on your industry, your field, and, yeah. and how you deliver your service. So although that's one set of numbers just to illustrate it, there's within every set of numbers, there's a number of different levers that can be pulled simultaneously. Yeah. You know, just look at, imagine if we increased our rates here. I, I like to use this one. If we take a, a 15% increase to our rates, a 15% increase to your, to your rates will typically produce a 75% increase to your net profit, profit at, at the bottom at 20%, at yeah. 20 to 30%. Yeah, so if we were to do that, then we need even less resources just by putting a price up by 15%. So yeah, then less four and a half grand on top of that 9,000 and you've got 50% more. And then you don't need four staff, you need three to make it comfortable. Yeah. 
Yeah? So then you start looking at, this changes the way you look at your business because you're no longer looking at, oh, I just got to get busy. I just got to find more work. You go, I've got to hire three people this year. Yeah. If I get this in place by the end of the year, then one cycle through this, I'm, I'm making that. Yeah. So then your focus becomes, what do I need to do to hire three people by the end of the year? Mm-hmm. How do I structure this? How do I, for, how do I forecast it? How do I, what do I need to do? What are the, what are the extra effort indicators that I really need to focus on to make that a reality? Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, there's so many levers, like for instance, it's putting up your rates yeah. is one is bigger markups and materials is becoming more efficient, efficient is probably is the huge. biggest thing. Yeah. So the, if you can make your team more efficient, this goes through the roof. Yeah. And you know, it's all different strategies that help like better scheduling, better pricing strategies, everything. There's so many different things. Better clients. Better clients, yeah. yeah that will result in better efficiency. Um, training your team, you know. So all these things that lead to a better efficiency lead to more profit and faster results. Faster results, yeah. And what I really um, am conscious around saying with efficiency as well is we see teams try and scale in inefficient team, you know, and, and business operators try and scale inefficient teams. And what happens then is they put unnecessary stress on everyone yeah. as a result of, and especially the business owner, as a result of poor efficiency. Yeah. So if you can fix your efficiency first, you actually can get more done every single day, yeah. make more money and profit every day, create more time every day, and then scale the team. I think scale is the greatest magnifier. Yeah. So if you've got a problem, and you scale it, yeah. you've got a bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you set everything up and you and you line all your all your uh, ducks up in a yeah. row and you get it humming along and you, you engineer that profitability into your business, then you hit the scale button. You're not scaling a problem, you're scaling a solution. Oh man. So we've got a great example from one of our guys in the UK who actually downscaled Jordan, yeah. who went from nine staff, joined the program, actually learned about all this stuff shit, I'm going to have to cut back. And to do that in terms of an ego, oh, massive, you know, against your ego, you know, you've grown this business, you're feeling super proud of it, um, and you tell your friends about it. To say I'm going to go back to two or three staff is a big blow. Mm. But he chose to do that to become more efficient than scale up again. And by the time he got to three or four staff, he was making double the profit what he was was with with nine. Yeah. So with less stress, less work, um, and now he's you know pretty much the same size that he was you know huge amounts of profit more, so just shows you that you know taking the time to learn how to become a more efficient operation is the best investment of your time. Awesome. Yeah. Love acting on that. So love it, man. Love that. Thanks. I love, I love this topic because like this a it's a whole premise behind starting the business. We're here to make money. Yeah, fundamentally, you need to make money. So. Most people undersell the ability for their business to make them money. Yeah, and it's important to sometimes sit down and recap yeah. what the potential is and how, you know, it's not that hard. It's not easy, but it's not that hard to realize good financial returns out of your business, provided you've got the right structure and systems in place and you've got the right support to find the pathway that's going to result in that. Yeah, 100%. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks. See you next time. See you guys. See you guys.